0: Recorded live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. It's Charlene Anderson, your wholesale sourcing expert here on Wednesday, August 9th, 2017 with another podcast about sourcing and Amazon and all things e-commerce business. Um, this is going to be a, a hard one because it's hard to talk to yourself. I don't have any guests, but um, nobody from Amazon would come on the show and talk to me.
1: Um, and believe
0: me, I tried. Um, we're going to talk today about um, dealing with seller support. And I just want to encourage anybody, if you have any seller support things you want to talk about or anything, call into the show and we'll put you on. All you need is a phone and that's it. Um, just put a message in, in the group um, if you want to call in because I'd love to hear how you guys are dealing with seller support issues and and what your frustrations are and all of that. So I'm gonna get started with my notes. I actually have notes today um, and tell you a little bit about what's been going on for me and I bet it'll mirror a lot of stuff that's been going on with you guys. Um, Couple weeks ago, I ran into a situation where seller support would not read my message. It was obvious they were not reading it. they just copied and pasted the same junk in there. You know, the nine paragraphs when one line will do is kind of the the rule for seller support, isn't it? You know, instead of a yes or no, it has to be nine paragraphs. And then you still don't know if the answer is yes or no when they get to the end of it. Um, Part of that is cultural. Um, Part of it is a way to move their cases through faster because, you know, they have metrics they have to deal with too. They have to to move the cases through and all of that. Um, so I had this one where they weren't reading it. And so after about three messages where I put bullet points, these are my questions, and then I numbered them in the next one, these are my questions, about three times about them not answering, I'm like, okay, I'm giving up, and I'll go to the U- what's called the U.S. based member of the leadership team meaning it's a a higher level of um, seller support agent. Um, So I pasted in there, please escalate this, and that was all I wrote to a U.S.-based member of the leadership team. Got a copy and paste back of the same crap, excuse my language, the same stuff. So I pasted again. This is the second time I am asking for this to be escalated. Pasted the same stuff third time, fourth time, nine times. And they still pasted the same stuff in there. Nobody's reading. They are just—they have something on their their computer clipboard that they'll just paste in to move cases along. Nine times I asked for it, so I got really annoyed. I mean, this kind of thing just sets me off. I don't know why. I'm really trying not to let it, but it's really hard. Because this was a case where I knew I was right. It was all about a customer was shipped the wrong item and they got something that I have never carried, you know, but they wouldn't remove the negative feedback because the customer got the wrong item, you know, and I'm trying to prove, look at my inventory. I never had this item, you know, you guys made a mistake. Um, And they would never, ever answer. So I wrote a dear Jeff letter, meaning I wrote to Jeff at amazon.com. And those letters go to his slightly higher up, Team to deal with, um, and it usually takes, if you have to do that, I don't do it lightly, Because, but this one just was ridiculous, and it wasn't so much that Amazon had shipped the wrong thing because that happened. It was the fact that nine times asking to be escalated and nobody would, doing it, would do it, and all of the times of just getting the cut-and-paste answer, so it takes about a week or 10 days for them to answer answer you. Um, but they always have, I have to admit. And they answered it. And um, the feedback disappeared like after three or four days. I didn't hear anything. I just, you know, I checked my feedback in the morning. The feedback was gone. Didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. So three or four days later, so it was about a week after I wrote it, I got an email back from, from the guy on the le- Jeff's leadership team saying that he reviewed my account and he sees that the feedback was removed. Well, that means he didn't do it. So who did it somewhere along the line? Fine. And he did take my point um, in that seller support was way out of line in what they did. He didn't really say that, but read between the lines, and it was. And this will be a teaching moment. You know, all that corporate speak that everybody wants – Everybody spews when they want to placate you and all of that. But it's becoming a huge issue. And not only is my livelihood selling on Amazon, I'm an Amazon shareholder. I own Amazon stock. So um, it it annoys me from both ends of the the candle. You know, that that one as a seller, um, my stuff is um, difficult to deal with. And then as an Amazon shareholder, the Amazon customers, which third-party sellers are Amazon customers, um, are having trouble. So anyway, so funny enough, I ordered a tote bag last week, um, a particular brand name, and it arrived on Monday, and it was the totally wrong brand bag. And this was uh, sold by Amazon; it wasn't a third-party seller sold by Amazon. So, um, and it was in a plastic bag, you know, one of those bags with the green writing on it that Amazon uses for returns. Do you guys know what bags I mean? The suffocation warnings in green print on them. I get a lot of my returns in those kind of bags. And it had one of those return Amazon return item labels that start with like LPN. Um, tell me, you guys, if you know what I mean. I'm not seeing anything in chat, but I I want to explain it if you don't understand what I mean. Amazon puts a label to identify a product when it's returned on the product or on a bag um, of the product. And it starts with LPN. Um, And that was the only label on this bag. And it was a different brand. The brand brand I ordered was Sherpani. um, And this was Lewis in Clark. And it had tags on it and all that. But it wasn't the right bag, Uh, tote bag. So anyway, so I get on chat with Amazon um, customer service as a buyer, right? This woman must have taken lessons from Amazon seller support. She was just so obtuse and all of that. Well, how do you know it's the wrong bag? Uh, because it has tags on it with a different brand name. That's how I know. And it looks nothing like the bag I ordered. You know, and then I tried to explain to her that I'm an Amazon seller. This was obviously a return that got mislabeled because it has that, that label on it you know, the LPN label and the green bag. She goes, well, how do you know that, that it's an Amazon return? And I'm trying to explain about the, um, about the um, labels that, that happen. And excuse the noise because the dog just sat on the remote control and turned the TV on. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, you know, I said, I'll send you pictures to show it's the wrong bag. Well, no, you don't have to do that. She was just like, it was just ridiculous, you know. And I'm like, can I get the right bag? Well, you'll have to return the other one first. Uh-uh, that didn't happen. And that an Amazon. You know, I don't know what got into this woman. So anyway, long story short, I have another one coming. Um, and I did warn her to put in the notes that if this is the wrong bag again. I will be returning it. And I don't want it to count against me because Amazon does keep track of what you return. You know, they have banned buyers for too many returns. Um, So anyway, so we'll see the new bags coming today, but they all seem to learn from the same lesson. So back to the seller support thing. So that one got – that Dear Jeff letter got something. It made me feel better once I sent it. Um, And he didn't know who removed the feedback. Somebody did. Maybe somebody realized, oh, we screwed up here, you know. Um, So, um, in the past three days, I've had two phone conversations with Amazon seller support agents in the U.S. I refuse to talk to the ones um, in India or in the Philippines because it just sets my blood pressure through the roof. I just, I don't know what it is because I have traveled to the Philippines several times, to India several times. They're lovely people. Um, I have no problem understanding but the passive-aggressive behavior is what gets me, and I don't know if um, if you guys know what I mean about the passive-aggressive behavior. So, um, uh, Bay, let me finish here, and then um, I'll give you the information to call in, and you can call in on your phone, and we'll let you share your story too. Because sometimes feeling not alone is like great. So, um, so anyway, um, I usually do my seller support stuff by chat and the reason i do it by chat is i can um diffuse if they're headed in the wrong direction i try to diffuse and get them back on the point because you know in those emails they get way off the point um and have to copy and paste nine paragraphs um so um so i do i try to do it in chat because i just can't do the phone thing so couple of days ago I was on chat with a um, solar support agent because a person returned an item and it was a $60 item and they kept half of the stuff out of it whether it was intentional or not they kept half of it so I opened up a case and um, they wanted to give me $5 reimbursement for it and that's not happening so after the runaround, and you know, with chat, you can do other stuff in between, and that's another reason I like it. You don't just have to sit there. Um, so, um, it took me three times to get them to um, transfer me to a US based seller support agent. And one caveat when you, when you, and we'll say this is chat just for simplicity's sake, um, you get the first agent. And um, about half the time, they will use fake names, so you cannot identify where they are. Um, the one I had who was in the Philippines um, the other day was Tiffany. I'm guessing that's probably not her real name. Um, and I had a Christine who I found out later was from India. Um, so, so that is one kind of slight misdirect to make you think they're in the U.S., but you can immediately tell by the syntax they use when they when they um, write that they if they are U.S. based or not. I mean that's that's pretty clear and and you'll almost be able after a while if you do this long enough you'll be able to figure out if they're in the Philippines or if they're India too just based on their syntax. So the first person couldn't deal with the do more than the five dollars. So I asked to escalate to and the wording is. U.S.-based member of the leadership team. The U.S.-based is the most important part. Um, so, um, so the person comes on and says, uh, takes over the chat and gives the name. And the name is obviously a, a Hindi name because I looked it up just to make sure. Um, and not to say that there aren't millions of people in the U.S. with Hindi names. Um, but the odds are that this person was in India. And so I asked her, I said, are you in India? And she says, yes. And I said, well, if you will look like three chat lines up, I asked for a U.S.-based rep. And I said, I don't mean to disparage your abilities, but that's not what I asked for. Oh, sorry. Um, You know, they were trying to not escalate it up because it counts against them if they have to escalate it up. You know that, you know. so I said, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go into it again. Um, just escalate it." And when they do that, um, you will then lose the chat. They will say they'll get a hold of you within 24 to 48 hours. And this has happened every time, so that's not a brush off, and I just want you to go, guys to know, that part's not a brush off. And e- the past two um, that I've done this on um, that they did get escalated, the um, U.S. agent will call, and the number comes up as the Seattle area code number. Um, so those I'm careful to answer after I've opened the case, you know, and ask it to be transferred. Um, I'll answer the phone from Amazon then. So um, the, the agent I got on this first case was in North Dakota, and then the one I got um, it was just yesterday was in um, Minnesota. And um, for the most part, these are um, home-based agents um, working the case um, for Amazon. So, you know, it's not like they're in a call center. They're, they're working at home. Um, and for the most part, they're, they're intelligent, um, uh, knowledgeable people. Um, it's, it's a big step in difference from the average um, seller support agent. So um got they got that one resolved. The guy from North Dakota, the one they issued a few days ago, that got resolved. He says, "Yeah, you're right. Five dollars is not reasonable." Um, so he reimbursed me for a little over half of the sales price of the item, which is my cost. So I thought, okay, that was worth it. You know, um, The one yesterday was the same thing. Different item, seller um, kept part of the accessories out of it. And the chat was an hour and a half long because this woman, um, an India based rep, just could not understand the problem. And it was fortunately, I was able to pack and ship in between stuff. So finally, it was a $125 item that the person kept the accessories that you couldn't use this without these accessories. You couldn't use the item. and so she finally says, well, we'll give you $25 after the end. She wanted, she wanted to um, buy the item, the accessories on Amazon or find them on Amazon to figure out how much to give me. And I said, well, they're not available separately. I can tell you I buy these right from the wholesaler in Norway. The accessories don't come separate, so don't waste your time. Well, she did. She took like 20 minutes. So. So anyway, and the issue besides the missing accessories was this item came back without the original box, which had the UPC code on it. And group members who have been, um, been around a while will know that there is a um, rule on Amazon that says you can't return stuff without the UPC code. And that was, I think it was developed so people couldn't buy something, take the UPC code off, get a rebate, and then return the item. That's my thought on it. Um, but anyway, it's a rule and it's on a page. And I kept saying this return should not have been accepted. Well, the, the woman in India didn't get it, didn't get it, didn't get it. Um, I asked to be escalated to a U.S.-based member. They sent me to somebody else with a, a, obviously an Indian name. And you could tell from the first sentence she wrote she was not based in the U.S. The syntax is different. The word usage is different. Um, so I said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go into this. I asked to be escalated to U.S. based member. Please do it. And she tried to like let me read the case. I said, No, don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. Just do it. So um, she said she would and said they'll contact you 24 to 48 hours. About 15 minutes later, I got a phone call from Amazon. I'm guessing it. I had guessed it would be the U.S. agent, and it was. And it was a guy named Alex, and um, he was in um, Minnesota, and he had read the whole case. And um, here's the upshot that just really really irked me. Um, Not him, but just, unfortunately, I believe him. I referred him to the page where Amazon says you can't return things without UPC code. And I explained to him my thought about why that is a rule, about it will stop people from getting rebates and all that, and then returning the item. And he says, oh, yeah, that sounds like it could be right. I never thought of that. He says – But you know, that page needs a lot of work, the page with the things that can't be returned. I said, well, from our point of view as a seller, that's the rule. Um, So if the page needs work to clarify or whatever, Amazon should do it. Otherwise, that's the rule because that's what it says. And he says, well, there's an unwritten rule that we'll take stuff back without it because people get the stuff and get all excited and throw it, a, throw all the packaging away, and then decide they don't want it. And I said, Well, it's not my fault that they get all excited and throw it away, you know? And he says, Yes, but we are the world's most customer centric business, you know, that Amazon speak, blah, 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 blah. Uh, long story short, they know that page needs work. Whether you will get an agent now to give you the refund based on that page, I seriously doubt it. It worked in the past really well that if they didn't return the UPC code, you could get fully reimbursed, um, which was an awesome thing. Now they are being much tighter on the refunds, much, much tighter. He didn't say that, but, but I have experienced it. Um, so um, I, I told him about the difficulty of getting um, – them to let go of a case and turn it over to someone in the US. And he said he said, be firm in that's what you want. And he suggested I write out the words United States instead of US because I I said U, I would say US so so that's kind of a hint if you're gonna to escalate it, um, do the United States thing. I wouldn't escalate stuff for you know a few dollars, this was six a sixty dollar item and a hundred and twenty five dollar item i 'm going to do it for that because it just it 's a bad policy to let stuff go like that, plus it 's a lot of money um, it 's like writing the dear Jeff letters um, it 's got to be a big deal for me to do that because I figure you only got so many of those in your life, and i don 't want to waste them on something stupid. Um, it's got to be something to me. It's important. And nine times requesting something from an Amazon agent and and them not doing the escalation, to me that was important um, enough to do it. So he said, be firm. Write out United States, and they will get back to you. Um, I think the U.S. agents are good. Um, they don't always give us the answer that we want or we think that we should get. Um, but at least. Um, it's, it's easier to communicate with them. At least it is for me. Um, sorry about the dog. Um, he turned 13 yesterday, or day before yesterday, so he's entitled. So um, so the next thing he said, which was like, oh, yeah, let's open this can of worms. He said, is there anything else I can help you with related to Amazon seller support? I was like, oh, yeah, just like perfect timing. What are you eavesdropping on the group? Um, so um, so yeah, I asked a few questions. Um, here is the big one, and this is between you and I and the rest of the group. This doesn't go anywhere else yet because I'm still working on getting it further, but this is the big one. I asked him, I said, you know, I've got difficulties um, with the whole uh, process of Amazon having, having employees in the warehouse determine whether my item is sellable or not. I said, they don't know what should be in a set of things of mine or anything like that. Um, And he agreed. He says, yeah, it's a judgment call. I said, And um, I said, I would rather be able to just have all of my customer returns sent back to me and let me judge. I said, I've been asking this for years and years and years, where I can be the judge of whether it's sellable or not, not an Amazon warehouse employee. He says, well, There's a pilot program going on right now where certain Amazon sellers have that ability. That means you could set something in your settings um, through seller, Seller Central that lets all customer returns automatically come back to you. Would that be the most awesome thing ever so you don't have to worry about a warehouse employee screwing up and putting the long label on a return, or saying, oh, yeah, it's sellable you know, when it's not. And what, what brought this up for me is I had one, um, one item marked as defective in the return, and the customer note said item was broken in half when it arrived. And it was put back into my inventory as sellable. Now, this is an item where I have dozens of them in stock how do I get that one back? Well, it turns out there is a way to get that particular one back. Um, and I'll get to that in a second, but I want to get back to this automatic return. So it's a pilot program. I've asked him to see if he could add me to the pilot program. And he says he he's not sure, you know, he doesn't have that authority, but at least I asked. And um, he also said, keep an eye on the headline section of Seller Central because it could roll out any day, and that's how you'll find out about it. So something to keep your eye on. I think it's, it's, um, it's a pretty awesome idea that I wrote to Jeff about, about four or five years ago. Um, I wrote saying, you've got to have this option. We don't want basically the future of our business in an Amazon warehouse employee's hands. So Alex did say if that happens, so say, say Amazon takes a return and puts it back in inventory as sellable and somebody else buys it and they get it and it's broken, um, they will be able to trace that item to find out, yeah, it was returned because the original buyer says broken and then it was misput back in inventory and done again and they said they can clean up the mess but it's really difficult. Um, that's where those labels come in, you know, those labels that they put on returns and stuff. So it can be done, um, but I would rather avoid it. I, I'd rather be proactive and just have all of my returns sent back to me. So we'll see. I think that's pretty big news. Um, I had not heard about the pilot program before, so um fingers crossed it gets rolled out quickly especially with Q4 coming in he didn't know how long it had been in in place um um in the pilot system so um back to the thing about getting an item back like that there is a way that um that you can get that item back cuz i had the one that was broken put back into inventory as sellable so um got a seller support agent, a U.S.-based one, because the one in India said it's impossible to get that one particular item back. So it got escalated, and this was back to the guy in North Dakota the other day. And he says, no, it is possible to get that one item back. And at the time I was talking to him on the phone, it it was in Las Vegas, because that's where the returns go to, to the place in Las Vegas. I think it's North Las Vegas. Um, He says, and it's on a truck headed towards Phoenix. He says, so we can't do anything now, but they have marked it. So when it gets to Phoenix, it will trigger something with that case to let me know it's in Phoenix, and then I can remove that particular one. So it avoids that issue. Um, So if you ever get in that situation where if you're looking at your Amazon returns, and they now part of them have a clickable link under item disposition where it will say customer return defective. If, if, it ha- if it's underlined, that means there's a clickable link, and there will be the actual comments that the buyer typed in to return the item. Um, I had one that said broken in shipment, shipped in padded envelope, should have been in a box. So I used that to get reimbursed for it, for the item because it was damaged in shipment. Even though they had marked defective as the reason, um, Amazon loves to go by those reasons the customers say, even though the comment totally contradicts what that reason says. So be aware of that. If they're contradictory, you can fight it. You just have to—and God, I need to learn this. You just have to learn when it's worth it or not. You know, is—is is this worth fighting on a five-dollar item or a fifty-dollar item? So that's up to you um, to have to decide. So you can get the item back. Um, Just get a U.S.-based agent involved at that point. Don't even go round and round with the the, um, outsourced um, overseas agents. Open the case and immediately say, I need to speak to a U.S. agent about this. Be firm. Don't go into try to explaining something to them because that will just like the red herring and they'll be off on another bath and you'll never get back to it. Just do it concisely at the very beginning. Um, I also asked Alex about what is the best way to communicate um, with um, the agents. He didn't seem to like the chat way, though I do. Um, He says, for most issues, email is the best. And I said, until you get caught in one of those email loops where they won't read the question and answer, and that got kind of a laugh from him. Um, He said, for critical issues like, you know, something's really screwed up that's going to, like, hurt your business. You know, it's not to, like, change a image on something. He says, then call. Um, so that's kind of, like, his opinion on the way to um, contact him best. I kind of think it's up to you. I don't want to call at all. Um, but that's me. Some people like calling. Ron likes calling. He finds it far more efficient. So good for him, you know. It, whatever works for you. But a couple things to um, to keep in mind, and some of these are speculation based on my experience, and some are stuff that I was told. Um, one is, is don't let the name fool you as to where the agent's based. Um, just because they have a very European-sounding um, name doesn't mean that they are based in the U.S., um, so you, you can learn to judge by the syntax they use in their messages where they're based. And if you feel you're getting nowhere on it, um, then um, then ask to escalate. And, and then when you want to escalate to a U.S.-based agent, type the word United States out and just keep repeating it. And odds are the second agent that comes on will not be a U.S.-based agent because they don't come on chat like that. They can't. They can't pick up a chat um, that's already in progress. That's why they have to call you back or email you back. So the second agent, if they come on chat, they're not going to be, they're not going to be um, what you need. So just be aware of that and um, and just insist on the U.S. based agent. Um, once in a while, they'll even lie about being in the U.S. To, so they don't have to hand off the case so it doesn't look bad for them. I had that happen last week where um, it was obvious she wasn't based in the U.S. And, I, and she told me she was and I said, you know, um, I'm sorry, but you told me you were based in the U.S. Where are you really? And she finally admitted she was in India and I said, um, well, why did you tell me, yes, you were based in the U.S.? She says, I thought you meant, do I work for the U.S.? It's like, no, that's not even a good lie, sweetie. Don't even, you know. Um, so they will lie, too, so just be aware. Um, and the other thing that I found is they will, like, do anything they can to actually avoid answering the question. Um, the, the, they will not um, answer a question with yes or no. It, there always has to be yes, not, or no, but. Or, you know, and I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but to me, I, I got to the point where I was doing like, this case contains three questions. Question one, da, 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 that all this requires is a yes or no answer. Question two, all this requires, they won't answer like like yes, no, yes, or whatever it takes. It's just, it's so frustrating. Um, part of it's a cultural thing. You don't want to admit no. You know, so you'll do everything to avoid saying no. And another is, I'm sure they are graded by how much of Amazon's money or our money they give away. In this case, it would be Amazon's money that they give back to us. Um, I'm sure that there are metrics for that. Um, So they don't want to to do it. So um, kind of like, it's to me, I don't know about you guys, it is the most frustrating thing about Amazon. Even dealing with, with um, people who mess up product pages, if we could get them fixed easily, it wouldn't be so bad. But the fact that we for the, sometimes have to go through seller support to do it makes that frustrating. But the whole seller support thing to me is the 100 times worst part of the Amazon business um, that there is. I, what do you guys think? There's nothing going on in chat. So... Please tell me while I get together the information so Bay can call in and tell us about her story. And please, anybody else, if you want to um, to get on the phone, it's easy. It's friends, right? I've sat here and talked for a half an hour myself. Um, you no, know, it, it's kind of interesting to see um, what things we have in common and um, what we don't. So... I'm going to paste two things into chat. Um, It's a phone number and then a caller ID. Um, And when you call in, um, you punch in the caller ID into the phone, and then I will unmute you um, when I see you come on. So there's the information. And anybody else, if you want to call in, please do. John, do you deal with seller support in India? I know you said a lot of them show... Um, they come as Dublin, but like all ours say Seattle, even though they're coming from India too. Um, I plugged in the thing and caller ID thing on my iPhone so I can tell when it's Amazon calling. Um, but I would guess maybe they use the same agents for uh, Amazon UK and Europe and the ones in US. I don't know because the rules are slightly different so there would have to be different training in them. But, um, but it is a Frustrating thing. Um, I I do think there's going to be a tipping point pretty soon. I mean, five years ago I predicted RA and OA would go away, so I want got that one right. Now let's see this one. I think there's going to be a huge, um, um huge changeover in the whole outsourcing of um, customer service, not just with Amazon, but with other other companies as well um, a lot of companies are advertising you know all our support agents are based in the U.S. like GoDaddy you know you know you're going to get a U.S. based agent um, so I, I did have a South Africa one John says his calls come from India South Africa and maybe the Philippines if they have an American English accent um, the Philippines have a very bubbly kind of um, intonation to their voice Um, I recognize it instantly because there's a lot of Filipinos in Hawaii, and I lived in Hawaii for so many years. Um, And South Africa, um, I know most Americans probably can't tell South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and England apart, but yeah, South Africa is very distinctive. It's almost like uh, keeping your teeth closed, and yeah, um, it's a very different aspect accent. One, um, there is an outsourced group of seller support agents, while I'm waiting for Bay to call, um, seller support agents that are based in Costa Rica. I don't know, has anybody had any dealing with them? Because they're they're really good. They're the catalog team. Um, a lot of the catalog team agents that if you ever talk to them on the phone where you specifically say, I need a member of the catalog team, they'll be in Costa Rica. And the couple times I've talked to them on the phone they're very good um you know they they um the accent is just a, a slight um hispanic accent you know which is everyday thing for those of us in the states um so that part is easy to understand but they're very knowledgeable too um which is nice it's kind of like they know their job inside and out and they're not um they're not um, trying to cover so much where maybe the basic seller support people are over overburdened in trying to know so much because I think um, your choices when you pick you know what your question is to Amazon um, are so broad that it's um, It would be difficult to know everything about everything as a seller support agent. I didn't realize John's saying South Africa is the same time zone as as the UK. I didn't realize that. But yeah, you just draw kind of straight down, don't you? And you get there. Um, I don't see Bay called in yet. So Bay, if you're having trouble, type in. We'll wait here. Um, Anybody else want to share any seller support horror stories? I hope I helped a little bit with some of the stuff you can try. Ah, uh, the pin code's not working. Jeez. Um, okay, or try a different phone, um, because it may be you. This is the weird thing about Talkshoe, and Deborah can vouch for that. Um, sometimes, like I can only call in. Um, I can only call in to do the wholesale sourcing podcast on my cell phone, and I can only call in to do. The Thrifting for Profit podcast on my landline. Now, why I don't know. I I kind of gave up trying to figure out why, and I just do it. Um, so anyway, so John is asking, could you recap incorrect listings that frustrate us, adding correct listings? Um, um, the ideal situation here's how I do it, and for most of the time, it works. Um, it's a little more trouble than. It should be, but so what I do is if I've got a crummy listing, I will open up the listing in my inventory and go to edit. And I will fix everything I want to there first. Um, and then submit it and wait 15 or 20 minutes. And sometimes if you're lucky, meaning you have more brownie points with Amazon than the person who messed up the listing, it will take right then and there. Um, Amazon assigns brownie points um, to you based on a lot of things. Like how many listings do you fix? If you fix a lot of listings that they accept, you like move up in the hierarchy. If you created the listing, theoretically you have more points than somebody who jumped on the listing. Um, So sometimes it will take right away from that page. Sometimes only the bullet points will take or only the description will take um, or only part of it will take. In that case, Then I go into Help Products and Inventory Fix a Product page. That's the the order you will um, find the stuff. And then you type in the ASIN or paste in the ASIN there, and then there will be drop-downs that say, what do you want to fix? So I will then submit those things that didn't take when I changed it on my inventory page. So I had one the other day. It took – the bullet points, the description, the weight, um, the dimensions, a category change, um, took all of that, but it wouldn't change the title. And the title was one of those stupid ones that it was obviously uploaded from a spreadsheet because it made no sense. So all I did on that one was want to change the title. I I put the what the title should be in there. And then I put an image of the item, um, showing what the manufacturer called it, and I put a link to the manufacturer's website. I kind of figure I'll give them two things to look at to show that this title um, is better. And then when you hit submit, you have a 50-50 chance. Most likely, you will get a canned email that says, Amazon – accepts changes to product listings from a variety of sources. Do you guys remember getting one of those? Where basically it's saying, yeah, we saw what you said, but we're not so sure it's right. Um, I'll find one while I'm looking here because I get lots of them because I try to fix a lot of pages Um, in a case that has it. So basically it's saying, we're not so sure you're right, but maybe if somebody else submits the same change, we'll let it go um because that's what they're saying they're saying to you um in um in other words they won't just come out and say it they there again they have to do like the 95 paragraphs to do one thing or the other thing that'll happen is it'll take and you get an email that's saying um that you first of all you got a real person because it'll be one where you're supposed to rate the person and it'll show the changes. So that's the two things I have found. Um, doing it um, in your inventory first. If you're lucky, then you won't even have to open a case. But if not, at least you can say I have made the changes in my inventory also, so they can see that you're serious um, serious about it. Kathleen saying ninety the- percent. Percent of the time when she submits from the fixed product page, she gets an immediate ex- acceptance email. Guess I—I I bet that says lucky, but it got caught off on my thing. Um, Carolyn sends a um, a picture of the product. Yeah, I mean, um, the thing is, you're trying to make it as easy for them to say yes to what you want. Um, I had an immediate one from the fix a product page because I sell. An Amish yarn winder. Well, they the person is spelled Amish, A M A I N S H. Amish, um, and they, that one got fixed right away because I said I corrected it in the title and said Amish is misspelled, um, and that one got fixed right away. But um, that's just how um, how I do it. Um, if you guys have a better method, I think great, tell us about it. Um, Because all we can do is fumble around, you know, and that's what it feels like. We're fumbling around trying to find the best way. So, um, John, I hope that answered what you wanted to hear. Um, I'm assuming in the U.K. it's the same um, kind of issues. And it looks like Bay is there. So I'm going to unmute Bay and see um, if we've got her and we'll hear her story. So hang on just a sec, guys. Are you there, Bay?
1: I am. Thank you.
0: Awesome! Yeah, Wonderful.
1: that was that was that was a challenge.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, God, you did that. I'm so good for you. So tell us your story. Okay, well, I've, I've
1: I've got a lot of good stuff from just listening to you, and I kind of think I might know what I need to do. But I I'm kind of like Ron. If I have a problem, I want to talk to a person, and I I, I pick up the phone immediately. And then I can tell, obviously, if I have a U.S. person or if there's going to be a dialect or a, a language barrier, and if I'm going to have to repeat myself, you know, because right off the bat, I can when I yeah. ask my question, they'll rephrase it and like, no, that that's not what I'm saying. But the issue that I had very recently, because I know we're all kind of in this, bring your long-term inventory uh, home. You know, so that you can avoid the fees. Well, recently I've been bringing back some stuff, pretty much kind of old things, and I sell games, toys, puzzles. So they're not big items, and and some of them are could be high uh, dollar if they're a collectible, but most of them are not they're in the 25 to $50 range, well, the last few shipments I've got back, they've been sending them back to me in those envelopes, right? Oh, God, so, yes. Yeah. So they come back, and they're totally crushed. So even if I wanted to try to resell them in six months, I can't. So I'm picking my battles, and I'm saying, okay, I'm not going to worry about this. It's crushed. I'll donate it to Goodwill, blah, blah, blah. Well, after about the sixth or seventh item come back, I call customer, customer service and I said, you know, you guys are sending me back damaged goods. And the first thing they say, well, it could have gotten damaged on the way. True. However, I sent it to you in a box. I want it back in a box. I didn't send it to you in an envelope. So this goes on and I'm, I'm on the phone talking to someone and they're telling me, well, you need to send me a picture. Well, now I'm no longer talking to person because now I have to email her. So I oh take,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So now I'm taking pictures, and I'm now in the email loop, and I keep getting this. This well, how do we know this happened? And prove oh. to me that you sent it in the proper condition. Well, I can't because I've now got a crush box, and so this has been going on. I mean, it's it's like I'm I'm kind of in a loop, you know, and I'm I'm sending email after email, and then. I, I leave the email chain of the young lady who is from India that was helping me, and then I just kind of open up a whole other case and see if I can be lucky and get someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the, the, the spiral wheel. Maybe I'll get someone else. But I'm, I'm seriously just in a loop because I'm afraid to bring the merchandise back because it will come back damaged. It's like I'm almost wanting to let's leave it there, pay the, the $5 or whatever storage fee as opposed to getting it back and having to throw it away. So isn't
0: that, it isn't it a shame that they can't take care of our stuff? You know, they, they I can't. Mean, I
1: didn't. I didn't send it like that, and I'm sure if I had yeah. sent it like that, I would have gotten you know kicked off of Amazon in a second. Yeah.
0: Here's so, what I would do because I'm getting tons of returns back too. You know, and and I totally understand they come in envelopes and half of them are useless. You know, um, or they'll send something tiny in a big box that's pointless. But anyway, here's what I would. I, I'm doing now. Is I'm probably getting like ten envelopes a day of returns mm-hmm. before I even open up, I take a picture of the outside just so they know, mm-hmm. and then I open it up and if anything is wrong inside, then I immediately take a picture of it, the packing slip if they included one, and the envelope in a picture okay mm-hmm. and then I just I stored them up you know I waited till I had about ten of them and <laughs> okay. said, these are my returns um They came back damaged. Here are the pictures. And I had luck that way. You're kind of in the loop, and you need to now go to the U.S. agent. I think so, yes. Yeah. So what I would do is gather together all of the ones that are damaged, um, get pictures of all of them, and label the picture with the ASIN number so when Mm -hmm. you send them they can look as the the, uh, file name is the ASIN, and then open up a new case attach all of these pictures and say these are the things that came back damaged, I'd like to be reimbursed, and at the very top of it say please submit or please assign this case to a United States-based member of the leadership team.
1: Right, okay, that's what I and, wrote and, down. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, and then once that goes out with all of these together, if you get a message back um, from India or the Philippines, um, don't go into the whole detail again. Just saying, for the second time, I am asking for this to be submitted, and just keep after that. Okay. Until yes, they that's exactly actually what I'm, do it.
1: Okay, that's exactly what I'm going to do because I've got us. Yep. I've got. I know I've got at least four or five items coming back now. So the, most of the ones that have been crushed, I've already sent them to Goodwill. Just get them out of the house because I, I knew I was going to wasn't going to get anything. But I will start that from now on because yeah, it, it, I'm just I'm just throwing money away.
0: It is. And, you know, um, the, the, they they won't expect you to have taken a picture of it before you opened it. Right. And that sometimes helps because you can say, yeah, here's how it came. You know, you can prove it then. Yeah. So that's just, unfortunately, we now have to be in this um, cover our butt phase about everything. So, you know, and then if, when they, um, if, it, if I open it up and it's okay, then I just delete that picture off my phone so I don't have 10,000 pictures of envelopes.
1: Right, right. But you can kind of tell when you look at the packets that uh, this this is not going to be good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a board game in a bubble envelope.
1: Right, exactly. Um,
0: That's ridiculous. And um, I, my feeling is, if we don't say something about how these things are coming back, nothing will ever change. Um, The fact that they treat our returns like garbage, you know, and they're not because some of the stuff can sell elsewhere. So it's it's not garbage. You know, um, the fact that they do that is really wrong. And if they do that um, with our stuff, we know how they ship stuff to customers, too. You know, they can't be doing that.
1: They can't be doing that. And then a customer, and then you get get a a notice that the customer received the item damaged or the box was crushed, and you're like, well, that can't be my fault. You know, that's got to be Amazon's fault. And now it's all of a sudden it's in your your damaged uh, category, and now you're waiting for them to assess. What they're going to give you, the pennies they're going to give you. So no, I, I get you. So yeah, we need to say because I'm I'm looking at the chat. And I'm not I'm not by myself. So
0: I guess no, need- you're no, oh no, you are not in <laughs> the least. I would bet that everybody has experienced this. So it's not just you. It is a lack of care, you know. And Cynthia Stein said something interesting to me when I had that review of my account with her. She says, you know. Um, you are Amazon's customer whether they like it or not. Um, so the level of disrespect they show by doing certain things is just ridiculous, you know? Um, mm-hmm. they, you, you have hired them to be your fulfillment center. And then you could say, well, yeah, they've hired us to sell stuff too. But anyway... Um, so Joe is saying, I code, code the receiving name on the address with the item so I know what to expect before opening the return. Oh, my God, you're genius, Joe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yes. you know how you fill in the address? Oh, that's just so smart, isn't it? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, that's like the best takeaway today. That's really smart. Um, so instead of just sending it back to Charlene Anderson, I'll send it back to Charlene Anderson item, whatever. That's really, really smart. Yes. Yep. especially when you've got a ton of them. So, so Bay, I hope that helps. Let us know how it goes.
1: It it does. Um, It does, and I'm going to start doing that right away, just going to have a nice little pile, and hopefully, you know, I can get something for it and some kind of money for it instead of just throwing it away.
0: Exactly. And the stuff you've donated, make sure you get a receipt so you can at least take that off your taxes. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so very much. Okay, nice talking to you. Uh-huh. So,
0: guys, if you, if you don't have any other questions, we're almost at the top of the hour. Um, I just, Joe, that's just like such a genius thing. Um, so, Ed, you know where it says if you're doing a long-term storage return and you have it sent back to Ed Miller in Wisconsin, you would put Ed Miller item ASIN number or item name or whatever so you know what it's supposed to be um, instead of just Ed Miller. Does that make sense? Um, where you fill in the return address for your returns. So, um, so we uh, have a thrifting for profit podcast starting in a little over an hour. I think we're going to talk about the things you don't want to sell, or you, you think, I'm going to talk about things I don't sell and why. I'm sure Deborah has her own idea since it's her podcast. But anyway, um, I hope this helped a little, maybe vent a little frustrations. Um, I need to learn when to let some stuff go and when not to. Um, I need to learn, like, to meditate while I'm chatting with seller support because I wear a Fitbit and you can see my heart rate go up when I'm doing it. It's hilarious. Um, but um, but pick your battles. But also, if you pick the battle, don't just assume um, that seller support agent is right and you you um, can't get money back or whatever. Um, the, the money is yours. Like Bay said, you know, she's throwing away money um, because of the way Amazon's packaging her returns. So we just need to let them know it's not acceptable, that we value our products, and um, we expect them to take care of them. I mean, that's basically it. We expect you to take care of our products. So anyway, so uh, we'll be back here in two weeks same time with another podcast. I have a big surprise for you on the next one, so you won't want to miss it. And we'll talk to you on thrifting for profit in about an hour. And Bay, thanks for calling in. I appreciate hearing your input on it too. And keep us in the loop how it goes. So bye, everybody. Have a great rest of the day. And don't forget your Q4 prep homework. We're on day eight now, nine, day nine. So you have nine assignments. None of them are very big, so you should be able to keep up. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.